This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Brought to you by Albate Resort, a renovation of style in the heart of Sharjah. Assalamu alaikum, hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. This is a movement, not a moment, says the CEO of size-inclusive fashion e-commerce site 11 Honoré. We are about to be joined by three guests who are leading the charge when it comes to fashion that is made to flatter every figure, whether you're a size 10 or a size 24. Co-founder and CEO of 11 Honoré, Patrick Herning, is here along with supermodel Candice Huffine and one of the region's leading fashion designers, Dima Yad. This is a conversation you do not want to miss right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. 95. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of Shasha. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Today in the Life Beat studio, we have a power panel of the fashion industry with a mission to bring size-inclusive fashion from top international designers to every woman. Three pioneers making this happen right here. We have the CEO and co-founder of 11 Honoré, Patrick Herning, along with supermodel Candice Huffine and fashion designer Dima Ayad. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having us. This is amazing. I just feel like, you know, we're having a party in the studio here because... We are. Wow. Like, yes, this is amazing. We, we have to start. Okay, Patrick, uh, we are talking about e-commerce and, and, and your site here. T- talk to us about 11 Honoré. Why did you start this? Yeah, that's a great question. To begin today, first of all, thanks for having all of us here. Super excited to be in the region. Um, 11 on Array really is stems from two decades of, of, of hard work. One being the first decade in technology up in Silicon Valley during the first dot-com wave. And then the second decade being in fashion. And during that, those two decades, really seeing almost everything, right, from a technology perspective back in the day and then most recently seeing every major luxury brand. And for me, after working on a project for Marina Rinaldi, the 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 seed was planted. And for me, it was very important to lead with an idea versus follow. And during my project with Marina Rinaldi, I had the opportunity to partner with incredible influencers, young, beautiful, vivacious, talented, smart, sophisticated women of uh, the Plus community and had very little product that was available to them. And coming from nearly 10 years in fashion and having the exposure to as many luxury brands as you can possibly imagine, it just seemed like a massive disconnect. So it was really after that project that I came up with the concept of Net-A-Porter for Plus. Wow. And that's where it all started. That's where it all started. It's a, This is incredible. You know, you talk about the fact that you spent a decade in fashion, uh, you know, Candice and, and Dima. Uh, this is something that you were seeing within the industry, but you two were seeing it as well. We as I would say, you know, I'm definitely in the plus size category as well. I've been, you know, 
larger uh, and uh, of a bigger build for the as long as I can remember. And walking into a store time after time and walking through all of the beautiful designs and just going in there and just absolutely, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, knowing that I'm not going to fit into any of them. Yeah. And buy the purses. (laughs) (laughs) That was the history. I mean, that's my experience with luxury fashion prior to. Yes. I mean, talk to me. Talk to me about you being in the industry as a fashion model, as a supermodel. And, you know, what is that like? Well, I've been in the industry for 18 years. And the crazy thing is when, you know, when Patrick proposed this uh, plan for Mm. the 11 Honoré launch, my agent and I both sat on the phone and we were like, we are so excited about this, but we're only just mad that like we didn't think of it ourselves. <laughs> it's something we had always talked about and wished for and wanted, but I think that it felt like it was so far away that it was almost not impossible, but you just couldn't figure out how you were going to get there. And you hoped that with as, you know, as much as it you used your platform and and shared that you were um, a fashionable woman who wanted designer luxury items, who had the money to spend, who um, was chic and fabulous and confident. As much as we expressed that, I think we hoped that the designers would just listen and do it all individually themselves. But obviously, you make more of a difference when you come together. And so I think having this platform, this place for everyone to come together and really start this movement to do it the right way was what we had all been waiting for. You started it made out, the most sense. Yes. You started out with 15 designers and now you have... Uh, north of 80 designers. North of 80. And these are designers, you know, some of the best in the world, international designers who are creating uh, those gorgeous outfits that uh, larger women have been looking for for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Dima, you are one of those designers who are on the platform as well, shaking, sh- showcasing uh, your beautiful, beautiful designs. Um, why do you think... That why do you think the fashion industry has has ignored this market segment for so long? Why is it like this? I think when everything is hard, nobody wants to take part in it because mm-hmm. this involves effort. It's not an amalgamation of just bringing clothes together on one site. It's effort. It takes initiative of somebody who actually will get up and go and look for the brands and fight for this woman. Um, and, and sadly, it is a fight at this moment in time. I mean, it's a less of a fight, but it's a fight. And, and it's so great that somebody finally did it. And when I found 11 Honoré, uh, you know, I, I chased them, I stalked them, I messaged them in every single domain that I could possibly mm-hmm. do because obviously it was uh, American-centric at first. And I'm so glad and thrilled we are here. Candace is here. Patrick is here for the second time. Um, and we're here to stay. And Eleven Honoré is, you know, paving the way for that woman mm. to finally feel included in the world of fashion. I mean, just imagine for one second that you're able to buy clothes that look great. And then you have options of sizes in case one doesn't fit. So you're not on the larger spectrum of the size range. But then you can also find one bigger or go a size smaller. And you're just like everybody else. Why is it such a big thing, though? You know, I just always wondered, is there something difficult about designing clothes for a curvier woman? You know, what is it? Are we? Is it the infrastructure of the clothes? Um, as somebody who studied fashion design myself, I just, I didn't get it. I didn't understand what is the big deal. Is there a shame? 
in designing for a larger moment. What is it? Have we got to reframe our thinking? I've heard a lot of reasons. Yeah, there, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think the first reason was no one was doing it, right? And so when we entered the market, we, for the very first time, drew a line on the sand and said, we are committed to this customer. We are committed to providing her with the same size designer options that straight size women have. Mm -hmm. And so it was those first 15 brands, many of whom were friends of mine from Monique Lillier to Mary Alice Haney to Christian Siriano, obviously a well-known for being inclusive in his approach to designing for women. But what we demonstrated very quickly on, launch season was 15 brands, the following season was 25 brands, then we were up to 40 brands. And so we demonstrated very quickly that the stopgap not necessarily has been the designers, it really was the retailers. Yes. And given the designers the platform where we own the customer narrative, we, we own the positioning, we own the marketing, we invest in the inventory, it really required that moment mm. for brands to start paying attention. Mm, mm, mm. And as you've seen, we've grown so quickly, we're now in a position to be very cautious about brands we acquire on the platform, always going back to our customer, always making sure this is what she's looking for, and uh, really fighting for brands that we know she wants. Yeah. That's what I want to come back to uh, in just a moment, because this is really not just a, a fashion website. It is really all about changing the conversation around what fashion means and for whom it's designed. This is so important uh, because what you are doing, Patrick, is you're not only providing uh, those uh, more inclusive uh, sizes as well, uh, but you're actually uh, working hand in hand with designers and brands to make sure that they can facilitate that size expansion within their collections as well. So we're going to come back in just a moment and uh, talk about that and talk about as well, what is the difference? What is the difference between diversity and inclusivity when we're talking in fashion? More to come here on Life Beats on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Keeping it local, all day, every day. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. We are talking inclusive fashion and sizes that you don't normally see, particularly for luxury brands. In the studio with us, we have Patrick Herning as well as Dima Yad and Candice Huffine. And um, as I was just saying, uh, Patrick, what's really important here in what you guys are doing is that you're actually you're starting not just a, a fashion website. It's great to to have those designs, you know, coming to women um, who have been wanting it for such a long time. But you're actually changing the conversation. You are talking to designers. You've got um, some of the world's greatest designers on board already, but you are building relationships with others so that they can expand their size offering as well in the same way. So tell me more about how, how that's happening. Sure. There's varying degrees in which we partner with brands. Um, some brands have a strong grasp on designing for the extended sizing. So with that, we can provide our recommendations for fit 
mm-hmm. our fit guideline, our proprietary fit guideline. We also have fit models in Los Angeles, New York, and London that we're also happy to provide to our brand partners as they're starting to um, get into the space and perfect their fit. And then based upon the brand, we have a 360 degree solution where we can go in and work hand in hand with their production team and rework the patterns for plus size. So we've done that with Joseph Altazara. Uh, we've done that with Philip Lim, where we go in and recreate the pattern through our consulting services and then turn that back over to them for production. So it really just depends on what the brand's needs are and where they fall in terms of other brands that will follow. So we're happy to make that investment if it's a leading brand, a premier brand, that other brands will follow suit. Mm -mm. And then there's brands that have no issue with it whatsoever. Tanya Taylor is a perfect example, one of our more contemporary price brands. She entered the market um, with a Capsule Plus and now offers everything an extended size. Zach Posen, Brandon Maxwell, uh, Marquesa, they were all Monique Lulier. They got it from the very, very beginning. So it really just depends on what the brand's needs are. But unlike traditional retailers, we have a very intimate and close relationship with our brand partners because at the end of the day, the most important thing for the brands that are on our website is that they get it right. Exactly, exactly. And what's important is you have actually always kind of uh, offered uh, your designs to this region, but you've your launch in the region was kind of more official uh, at the end of last year. So talk to us a bit about why you felt like the Middle East market and, you know, women here in the Middle East, you know, why why was that important to you? So look, all women are important to us, but from um, an outsider looking in, there was just so much opportunity to get to know her here. And for us coming into the market, we wanted to do it in a very... Um, a very high touch way, a very elevated way, and really in in a way where she felt how sincere we are about building our business in the market, but more importantly, building her as a customer. You know, this the customers to Eleven Honore aren't like a traditional customer. They're like family to us. And the the success we've realized is a result of the community we've built and that's mm. entirely dependent upon our customer and so coming into the market um, doing it gradually doing it without any expectation doing it beautifully uh, coming with an incredible assortment coming with gifts coming to just extend her hand and expose the brand to her and really just get to know her and then immediately plan a trip to come back. So this trip is more about press. It's more about entertaining. It's more about getting to know her in a more um, in a more close way. And through this um, thought process is how we will build our business here. Candace, I want to come to you in terms of, um, you know, here we are talking about coming to the Middle East and the region for 11 Honoré. Um, and we love our caftans and we love those gorgeous long flowy dresses as, yeah. you know, what you're wearing today. I love that, right? Uh, but as well, we need those more uh, tailored more tapered pants, you know, um, the, the kind of dresses that are well fitted, you know, to the figure. There needs to be a wider variety. So tell me about, you know, your thoughts on on styling um, a woman that looks like you, that looks like me, that looks like Dima. You know, what yeah. is that? What what do what do you want designers to think about and be aware of? Well, I think the biggest struggle for 
the many years prior to us being here today and, mm. and 11 Honoré's existence was a, um, a real misunderstanding of who the curvy woman is or what she likes, how she likes to dress, um, how she wants to showcase her body. I think that she was always slightly misrepresented in that she, if she was confident, it meant that she wanted to really show that in all ways, um, which is not really anything that ever spoke to me aesthetically. That's not my style. I like um, more loose silhouettes and, you know, I like to experiment with fashion and I felt like as a curvier woman, n nobody saw me the right way. I just, you know, you had tight dresses that were available to you and that's about it. It was either um, really frumpy or really sexy and she's always going out at night. You know, I just think that really zeroing in on who this woman is was always overthought. Right. <laughs> and never in the, the way that we needed. Um, so, you know, bringing this designer luxury market with all of the designers we've seen in magazines and love and aspired to wear now exists so that you really can go for it. You can really express yourself the way that you always wanted to. You can play around with finding your signature style because now you have a range of options from people that speak to you, you represent you, um, and you're no longer just stuck making do with what you've got. I mean, if I had, you know, I don't even have enough time to tell you all the, the tricks I used to do wearing clothes because there just wasn't options. But exactly. so like, you know, how many times did I wear a button down shirt as a jacket because I wanted, you know, this menswear sort of inspired look, but it didn't exist. And so now it just opens up the doors for you to really represent yourself the way that you want to be seen in the world um, instead of someone else doing that for you, I think. Exactly. Exactly. M more to come in just a moment. We are talking to Dima Ayad. We are talking to Patrick Herning and Candice Huffine all about fashion that embraces uh, more of the curvy women out there who have been just wanting it for so long. We're going to be talking Ramadan collections mm. as well. Th that, that, is, that is just so important. That's all next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. <coughs> fashion. We are talking fashion for every spectacular body here today on Life Beats and in the studio. I've got to three powerhouses of the industry, Patrick Herning, the CEO of Eleven Honoré, as long uh, as well as uh, fashion designer Dima Ayad and supermodel. Catherine Halfine. And something that I want to put to, to all of you and Dima and, and uh, Candice, I want to start with you two here because, you know, talking in the break, it's, it's, it's clear, you know, this is just such a, it is, it goes so much deeper, you know, really for all of us in terms of the, the idea of, yes, you know, we've been hearing a lot about diversity uh, in fashion and that kind of thing, but, but, you know, diversity versus inclusion Talk to me about th those two ideas and what do they really mean for you? Who's taking that one you. first? Oh, yeah? Candace. Well, I thought a lot about this. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's a real difference in the two if you're doing it right. <laughs> um, I think that they live in the same world because you need to be diverse in your inclusion. Mm -hmm. There isn't one kind of woman that represents this set and there isn't one that represents, like, you know, there's not one that represents the skinny body and one that represents the plus body. And I think for so long, 
um, with the exclusion of a curvy body in media, you only really did see one body, um, which is not to say that with us starting to inclusify more than there's just one kind of curvy woman. Mm-hmm. So basically, what I'm what I mean is that everything a brand, a company, um, a show, an advertisement, anything across the board. To be truly diverse and inclusive, it has to represent the world that we live in. And I think that when everyone sits down in their conference room at the boardroom and they go to think about how to approach um, their advertisement or how they're going to you know, let their brand out into the world, I think it's overthought because it doesn't always match the world that we are seeing on a day-to-day basis. And that is really, for me, the mo- th- what I want to drive home every day it's like just match the women of the world that's all we want is to be seen and represented there's comfort in feeling noticed and appreciated and and loved loved. yeah did you say unloved too yeah Yeah. and then it just is a snowball effect of positivity and don't you want to bring that into the world with your your brand or your company and it's just it's almost so simple yet it's taken so long to get there you know when i uh envisioned the um when you ask this question is that I always saw, okay, my five friends, we would all go shopping and they would shop and I wouldn't, or they would buy and then I would buy shoes mm-hmm. or an accessory. And then I, when, you know, the question of, we are all diverse women in my group, but fashion didn't include all of us. So you, to be inclusive, you have to be diverse just the same and vice versa, is that that group of women should be able to go into one shop and buy something. Um, we or we need to be able to shop together from a brand and say, okay, she gets the small and I get the large or whatever, but never be excluded. So I guess to be included, you really need to be diverse, is that you just need to have everybody under one. Yes. Exactly. Um, I need you to tell that story of what <laughs> happened when uh, you were going to a wedding I in was, Greece. I was, yes. Tell me. I was going to a wedding in Greece for one of my very close friends, and... Um, my luggage never arrived and obviously you know when your luggage goes missing it's one thing when it's a city it's another thing when it's an island so it never got there and I scouted the entire island to find something to wear I mean minus a very summery kaftan there really was nothing for me to wear so the reality was you know I was in track pants coming off a flight so there was absolutely nothing for me to wear and I had to apologize to my friend that I couldn't make it to her wedding and the usual response would be you know just find something um, I don't think anybody really understands that if they didn't live it is say you know you just can't just find something it's not like that <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's uh, so true if just, you yeah. don't have this body you don't understand what that means if you don't pack correctly you don't know what it means if you um, uh, stick to a certain look that you know works for you and it gets lost you know it's hell will break loose you yeah. know it's kind of a situation <laughs> It's a nightmare. It's a constant stress. It keeps you up at night sometimes. I mean, there's so many experiences I've had in the past where, you know, I'm um, I'm going to a, a big gala or an event, um, major moments in my career and life where I wanted to be um, as fierce and fashionable as the, my colleagues that were going to be there with me. You know, I've been on the red carpet with Gigi Hadid and Joan Smalls and with so many women that I idolize. And you want to look on the same level, of course. Like, here we all are together. We're making changes in this industry. You need the dress that stands up to that, you know, because the dress, I'm sorry, but there's power in it. And and 100%. it makes you feel a certain way. It's armor. And if I don't have the right outfit to stand beside these women in this industry as well to really make my mark, 
it's a it's a snowball effect of just disaster, really, because then I'm not going to arrive feeling as confident and fabulous. I'm not going to feel like I deserve to be there. And it all comes back to the outfit that I put on my body. And I think that there's people don't put enough weight into what it can do. Um, it, yeah, on all because I couldn't get dressed. There's some I mean, the stress leading up to it. You're like, well, I can't go. I get I think I can't go. I think I have to decline. And the thing I find fascinating <clears throat> about being in the region, um, known for fashion with one of the world's largest malls, in that entire mall, there is literally one store where a woman of a certain size could go shopping. Yeah. Out of how many hundreds of global brands are in that shopping center, literally only one. I always think of the pretty woman moment mm. and Eleven Honoré has come in and, you know, I feel like telling every single store who never <laughs> had a size for me, big mistake. Yes. Huge. Yes. I'm going to go shopping now. Elevenhonoré.com. Yes. Remember yeah. that moment? Ooh. Oh, God, yeah. Chills. So, I, exactly. So powerful. But, um, you know, it, the, that's not the saddest thing, though, Patrick. The saddest thing is that we've come to accept that as normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it shouldn't be normal. And the fact that I love what you spoke to, Candice, in, in terms of it, particularly when you have a big moment, you're on a red carpet. You want to be wearing a designer. You want yeah. to be in the most exquisite clothing by one of the world's greatest designers. And that's specific to me, of course. But what about a woman who, you know, on her wedding day, right. on her, you know, any major moments in your life, you can remember what you're wearing. And if you're not wearing something that you love, you'll remember that, too. You'll remember oh that you God, so it could have been better, you know, like, mm, well... I mean, a friend of mine, she still thinks about her wedding dress. She had a dream in her mind of what her wedding dress would look like, had to settle for something else, and she still is like, well, I don't know. Don't love that photo. Because she just knew that like, she wasn't 100% wholeheartedly into that dress. And I don't know. I just think that because we settle and allow this, have allowed that to happen for so long, fashion gets into its bubble, its little routine, and they don't see that things need to change. It's like breaking a bad habit or something, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's until Eleven Honoré comes and does you a little shake and it's like, hello, we can, uh, (laughs) we can help you. Let's get this ball rolling (laughs) that they're like, oh, wow, this woman's fabulous. Absolutely. I want to be on board because it is amazing to see how um, excited these designers are to extend their sizing and to be a part of this community and to, you know, really learn about this woman. Um, and, And which has been incredible. I didn't think that the number of designers on the on the site would grow so quickly. I didn't mm-hmm. realize everyone would be like a, a huge yes right away, um, which just means they were in you know they were in a bubble. They needed to be woken up, <laughs> helped, educated. Something that we we need to talk about is um, workout wear, because uh, what really you know we've we've talked about so much that is really uh, sad and shocking. You know when it comes to uh, more curvy women. Uh, in the industry, but there's this kind of assumption that larger women don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> larger women don't just do it, you know. They don't work out. They don't. It's uh, it's that goes back are. to the misconception when it comes to fashion too. So she's the just larger women don't like designer fashion. Yeah, I mean, she's been all completely of these misconceptions. Misrep- she's just completely misunderstood. All, she's been defined by someone who has no idea who she is. 
we all this to, time. We have to come back in, in uh, just a moment and talk about uh, the fact that you're you're now a designer, uh, Candice, yes. of uh, your own line of workwear, uh, workout wear as yep. well. Um, and uh, yeah, continue this discussion. It's just uh, such an important one. And um, uh, the exciting prospects of bringing in even more designers onto Eleven Honoré as well, some of the biggest. Uh, more to come on Life Beats right after this. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Your text messages are coming into us on 4215 on this topic of size inclusive fashion. It is a very big one. Uh, this one, no name on this text. I wish there was a, a name on it. Um, also, the conversation is important for the kids, the girls who are growing up seeing nice clothes. Uh, that only look good on skinny models. There's another dimension to this conversation. Sadly, it's causing kids anxieties at a very young age besides issues like eating disorders. Mm, that's It's so true and that's devastating because imagine, I mean, often with every move I make or, or a message I try to put out in the world, I'm constantly thinking about the young girl in school because there's just more to life and I want her to be able to focus on um, her future and the goals she wants to set, who she wants to become. And all of that gets put in the back seat when your main focus is being a certain size. Spending, how are you gonna spend your young life, your youth, your young adult life, your adult? We spend so many chapters of our life worrying about a size. And it's such an aha moment to release that and say, it doesn't matter. Like, this is me. This is who I'm going to be. Now let's get to living. Like, what? For, like, what's next? And if she can do that from a young age, imagine what she can accomplish. Like, the world will change. She's going to be the most powerful. Yes. So we just have to, we just have to stop promoting it. It even comes with something very underlying, like seeing an ad of just skinny girls looking happy at the beach or um, living, you know, living their best lives. It makes you think you can only do that if you're that size. It's not even just that, um, you know, something that's really important here in this conversation about size inclusive fashion is uh, what Dima and, and Candace and, and Patrick uh, we've been talking about here is that you get to define who you are as well. There are no preconceptions about what it is to be plus size. Is it something that is supposed to be seductive? No, it's not. You know, right. is it something uh, that you have to justify, like being somebody who works out and is a marathon runner or is a dancer or whatever it right. is, but happens to be plus size as well? There shouldn't be that justification of always. She's always explaining why, why she's doing what she's doing with her body when it's really a non-discussion, truly, right? This is my life. This is um, the, the my body that I'm living it in. And it's really unfortunate that a curvy woman has to constantly explain her every move when she's doing what she's doing, what other people do at a smaller size. If she does the same thing, suddenly she has to explain it. Like when I started running, when I was training to run, Everyone was like, oh, well, you want to lose weight. Are you, what? I, that is not why I started running. I started running to challenge myself to do something that seems so impossible to me so that I can see if I can do it. And when I tell you that I, when I crossed the finish line of the Boston Marathon, I immediately in that moment told myself, I will never say I can't again. And it had nothing to do with my body and had everything to do with how I'm going to set future goals for myself. It changed my life and it came from running. And meanwhile, the masses just thought, 
well, she wants to get skinny. It's We're just a little twisted in the way that we look at why women do what they do when they're above a certain size. And even if, and and even if it's, sorry, even if it is about weight loss, even that's, if, your if, pro- if that's, yeah. that's, that's her prerogative. And even if it is about that, it's not something for somebody to be presumptuous of. And it's something for it to be readily available where you can actually go to a store and buy workout gear. It, it just should means be we're so focused thing. on weight. Everything is so focused on weight first, Mm-mm. above all things, above goal setting, successes, love, everything. It's about size. And we're really in the business of destigmatizing size. We want to be a platform of inclusivity. We want to be a platform of fashion. We want to be a platform of uh, community. And we want to be uh, a, a platform for innovation and kindness and self-love. Like, we're not interested in really anything else. And when we talk about Gen Z and creating sort of this next chapter of inclusive conversations for women who are coming up, you know, I'm super excited that down the road for us is a a younger capsule we want to do to start marketing to that younger woman. So she starts seeing herself as well. And like Candace says, it's, it's, it it should be less about anything other than just clothes on your body. Yes. And I love that. I love that you are doing clothes for younger women as well, because I have a daughter who uh, has a, a similar body to mine, and and already my anxiety is is coming up for her. Even though you know she's incredibly active, she is so smart, she is so many things. But when we go to to buy clothing, she's above a certain size for her age. Um, Dima and your as is uh, line that you did—that's huge. You know the the one message I I want to uh, give out, and I'm very glad that women of all shapes and sizes are are buying this T-shirt or wanting this T-shirt is, it's a message of as you are right now for whatever change you may want to do later or whatever you've done before. As you are, you are enough. You're enough on every single level. And that's a very, very important message is that every time what we end up doing is, I will feel great when I am 10 kilos less. Mm-hmm. I will feel amazing when I graduate. I will... Da, da, da. So we always say that as we are right now, that we're not enough to actually be amazing and fulfilled. And the whole real message behind it is, as you are, at any moment in time, you're great. And that's something, once you really believe that, your life changes. And with that, that comes with something like 11 Honoré, as I am, I am enough. I've got an entire suitcase filled with amazing clothes I can wear. I feel incredible now. Whether or not I want to lose two kilos or, uh, you know, drop two dress sizes, I can find clothes now. Or put on weight, whatever, whatever. whatever works for you. Whatever. We have to talk about New York Fashion Week. Wow, wow, wow. On yes. every level, you know. Uh, Patrick, talk to us about how that came about. I, I mean, it, I think about it. It was, a, it was a dream. I mean, really yeah. looking back, it was a dream. You know, we've done so much work about raising awareness uh, for who we are and what we're doing. We have a tremendous support uh, within the size inclusive community, the models, uh, even fashion designer media. But we need to do something to break out of just that insular fa- fashion conversation. And so. You know, I had this dream, and event marketing is my background, to um, have this show on par of uh, a Tom Ford. Uh, same hair and makeup as every major designer showing during Fashion Week. Same casting direction. Same hair. Same makeup. Same lighting. Same, same, same. Just the same, right? Just the same. 
And IMG has been a huge partner of 11 Honoré from the beginning. Ivan Bart, shout out to him who actually put us in touch with Candice back in the day. And I had this idea. I had this idea of Candice opening this show. And we did it. And not only did we do it, we did it as the very first show opening Fashion Week. And it was a celebration of every curvy woman for the past 10 years. And Candace's husband actually is the one who said this. He said, you know, tonight is a celebration of 10 years of hard work, 10 years of women who are in the show, 10 years of women who were sitting in the front row, the original bloggers like uh, Tess Holliday, uh, Gabby Gregg, uh, Nicolette Mason, all good friends of mine. And then a celebration of all the designers who really have leaned in. And what the takeaway was, beautiful women, and beautiful clothes. Yes. Basta. Yeah. That was it. You in that Christian Sierra oh, dress. Thank you. I Can still think about it like it was yesterday. Stop right well. there. That was just like, <laughs> oh, wow. It was, inc- it was an incredible it was moment. Dream. And I will say, um, f- you know, from, mo- uh, from me in this industry for such a long time and really working to inclusify and, and have this conversation with designers and with all of the amazing things that were happening, so, you know, in 2011, cover of Italian Vogue and all of these amazing moments, one of the questions that always would come is, what about the runway? I've been talking about, I've been fielding questions about why aren't you on runways for years. And I feel like on this night, that conversation stopped and a new one started. A great one started. Because honestly, I didn't have an answer for why I wasn't on that runway. The only thing I could say was, well, I guess because they don't extend their sizing, but then I don't know why they don't do that. Like I was making excuses for designers that I shouldn't be speaking on their behalf for. And when really I, I, the question goes to them, like, well, why, why haven't we? Exactly. And it's just completely eliminated that topic, which was not pleasant, to be honest. Exactly. And made and created a new one of, of really an exciting future. Dima, for you being uh, there, I'm being on that runway. we're speaking. <laughs> so I got a bit like distracted. First of all, minus uh, the tears of um, before the show started, there was a whole like demo kind of thing where the all the models were coming out on the runway in, in normal their clothes, not in the fashion clothes. And you needed to see Patrick's face. It was like priceless, but more so it was like, I can't believe we're doing this. And then once the women started coming on the runway, I didn't even realize my dress passed because it was so not oh. just about the clothes. The show was not about the clothes. There the was show a was a feeling. It was an emotion. It was a, a stirring of, of, of a change. I was uh, in tears. I was, I was bawling. Like, Looking at it on social yeah. media. Yeah, and, and, and other than that is all you saw were beautiful, happy women down a runway. And I've been backstage before on many shows for many, many big brands. I've never seen such uniformity, closeness, warmth, support across everybody who was working on the show. So it was such good vibes. It was actually, I was like, am I here? Is this how? It was very, very delirious. And then after it finished, it's like we can't. And now the song that we ended with, every time we hear it, we have goosebumps. It's just, I can't explain it. It was beyond. It was a defining moment in fashion. It absolutely was. It, it, that was when you could really, it's not just talking about change, you could feel change. You could feel and it. And it felt really good. Lastly, just before I have to let all three of you go, because you know th- this conversation has been amazing, 
um, you know, your line, Patrick, it's not a moment, it's a movement now. It's become famous. How do we make sure that we keep this going? You know, we've seen the Jamila Jamils um, doing the I Way movement. You know, we've seen you, Candace, Ashley Graham, you know, so many designers, Christian Sierra, uh, Dima. Uh, how do we make sure we keep this amazing momentum going? For, for the three of you, we'll go around. Uh, raise capital and fight the good fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm this, this, this party just started and I'm not going anywhere. So for those who don't know me, know that. <laughs> <laughs> Expect big things to come. That's exciting. I love Candace. Um, this Just keep keep talking. Keep You have to put your money where your mouth is. Don't support um, brands that don't support you. Um, use your voice. Use your power. There's a lot of platforms in which you will be seen and heard. Um, I think just really just a constant. The conversation is never tired and it's never over. Um, so we just need to keep showcasing who we are and and everything that makes us so special as as women and and it will everything we want will come to us i know it dima i think it's uh, my message is more towards all these women out there is just get out of your shell and be okay with who you are i think that's a very very big fundamental and once you do you'll find us all there with you cheering you on it can yeah. be the biggest change it's the biggest change yeah. i've loved this so much uh, patrick herning Candice Huffine and Dima Ayad, what an absolute pleasure to have the three of you. Thank you so Thank you much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. More to come on Life Beats right after this. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.